And let's let's try to be. Uh, we were talking about before this episode, and we got into quite of an argument about a lot of things. So it's time to switch things and try to be professional. So in this episode, we are going to dive into. <clears throat> Not going to happen. What? Be professional. No, we are going to be professional, but we are still going to fight about a lot of things because that's fun. So let's dive into the fascinating history of computer IT magazines. Why? Uh, because we spent too much time uh, creating those magazines, both you and me. Oh, man. I've been doing that for 17 years. It was, I think it's something like 15 years as uh, editor-in-chief of one magazine or the other. I was doing magazines for mobile phones. I was doing a general purpose uh, IT magazine. You were doing uh, hardware testing and a lot of things. Uh, in another, editing, another yeah. uh, and then website. IT, IT magazine. So uh, we watched in real time everything that we are going to discuss in this episode. Yes, we watched in real time. We experienced it. And uh, as a side note, uh, the European part of the IT magazines went through the transformation much, much, much uh, faster and much, um, a lot of, uh, it was a lot of time before that uh, started to happen in the United States because the United States uh, has a market that is much bigger mm -hmm. and it has a lot of inertia. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people kept buying uh, magazines uh, while at the same time magazines basically uh, went through here in Croatia. Uh, out of the three major magazines, only two exist, uh, and mm -hmm. they exist on the fringes of on, on, on the fringes of existence, and they exist by name only, basically, because their relevance is, I think, uh, smaller by the day. They are trying to make themselves relevant by organizing uh, conferences that are mostly and public projects and public and projects and everything else. And whatnot, yeah. But this is not the computer magazine. This is just a publishing operation trying to survive. I I have nothing to say about the projects that they do. One of them is hosted uh, right above us right now. And if you uh, hear any bouncy, bouncy, bouncy sounds, that's yes, what it so is. they have a, they have a conference that is hosted above, above us uh, right party. now uh, above our studio uh, um, in the lobby and it's a good conference, yeah. but a good conference does not make an IT magazine. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the early days. Let's talk about how the publications became from a hobby uh, to a source of information, mm -hmm. uh, how they formed a new generation of uh, IT uh, people, mm -hmm. how they uh, created the cultural impact that we weren't expecting and nobody was expecting. Uh, how they influenced the society back then, mm -hmm. how are they influencing it now, because they are. Mm -hmm. um, also, let's dive into why did they uh, go broke? Why did they vanish? What happened to the major players on the market? Uh, what was the problem with the internet and why did the internet kill the printed magazine? Mm -hmm. And let's talk about all the other websites, blogs and everything else. So digital media. And let's try to understand why the citizen journalism that was so, uh, that was mentioned so many times in the uh, beginning of the 2000s. Why did it kill the printed media in the end? Mm -hmm. On that sad note, this is that IT show where talk meets tech and vice versa. And let's roll the intro.
Okay, now I'm gonna start this time. Let's talk about the first magazines that we uh, had, uh, let's say, an experience with when we were younger, if you can remember that. But specifically, I don't want to make this episode too much about our past, if it's okay with you. It's not necessarily a, a trip down the memory lane of what we used to do. We can just mention it on the fringes of a discussion. I want to keep that. Uh, wanted to keep this a little bit more about the international magazines, very popular ones, huge ones, the biggest ones, stuff like that. If you agree, if you don't, we can switch. No problem. Okay. As always, let me. No, no, no. Let me. Let let let, let me. Let me just say one one sentence. Hmm? The first thing that was IT related, international and uh, high-end production that I saw was not a magazine. Okay. It was uh, basically a catalog, mail order catalog of, for uh, IT equipment that I got in the 80s uh, from the States. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the things that formed uh, my opinion on how this thing should look like. For the good and the bad of it. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. That's cool. Okay, but specifically, which, uh, let's say, foreign or international IT mag magazine was the first one that you ever read, if you remember? Byte. So, American Byte. Yes, American Byte. Okay. Uh, for me, Byte was one of those, definitely, but a little bit, pr probably a couple of years after you, because you are, uh, I'm a couple of years younger. I don't think it matters because the Byte magazine itself uh, was way above our heads uh, when it came out. Oh, because we're we, going to we have a discussion. We, we were too young. Yeah, to understand. To understand. And I think that uh, Dr. Dobbs was one of the magazines that I read. Mm -hmm. But it was uh, completely off for what, what I understood. So basically, it was much, much, much too complicated for me. And I uh, didn't have the enough knowledge to even understand the Basic concepts. basics. And the yeah. other things was that uh, all of you listening to us, we are from Croatia. Uh, the Croatia itself, uh, being part of Yugoslavia back then when we were starting and so on, we didn't have uh, this much context to be able to understand the magazines back then. Mm -hmm. uh, there were a couple of things that we couldn't even understand. So, by, uh, for example, ordering technical equipment by mail. Mm -hmm. This is something that was completely foreign to us. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to actually order different things uh, and getting it was completely foreign to us. We were used to going to the shop, buying something and then getting it back. So, uh, magazines were a lot different to us because we were lacking context. Mm -hmm. Okay. For me, it was, uh, Byte was also one of the first ones, but I think that the first one that I read was actually uh, PC Magazine or something like that. I, th I think it was PC Mag, uh, which started its uh, its journey through IT uh, magazine history, something in like in 1982. 70s. No, no, 1982, I think it was. Byte was 1970s. This okay. vastly different. I was probably something like i don't know nine eight nine ten years old when when i read my first uh copy of of the magazine it was very fascinating to me and it my experience completely mimics what you just said which was that i did not understand anything what was written on those pages uh, be, please keep in mind that we started uh, basically learning english in fourth or fifth grade depending on which generation you were uh, so in order for us to understand those foreign magazines, you had to learn at least a little bit of English first. 
So that's why uh, I said that I was probably nine or ten years old when I started reading it after you know some English classes. Uh, but having in mind that you just mentioned bite, uh, I think that that's a, a very good, st- uh, let's say, uh, starting point for our discussion uh, for multiple different reasons, not only for the reasons that I'm sure you know. Uh, in the past couple of years, Bite magazine has been on the forefront of my mind a lot of times, but it's not that reason. It's actually that uh, as a magazine that was founded in '75. Coincidentally, that's the year you were born, if I remember correctly. Since four. Four. Well, you were in older. You were more ancient. That's yes. Two thirds of the way there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, so as a magazine that was founded back then, it wasn't actually the first hugely popular IT magazine. That honor goes to a completely different magazine, actually. I don't know if you remember this one, but there was a magazine called Popular Electronics, which started uh, production in the 50s. 1954 or something like that by Ziv Davis. Yes. I actually read a couple of uh, issues of that many, many years later when I was still young, uh, young much younger. And final issue of that is, was in 2003. Coincidentally, that's the year when I graduated uh, from college as well and started working uh, actually in a computer magazine. Although I worked for the same computer magazine as you did back then, but on a more contractual basis. I'm just going to say that uh, yeah, Wikipedia also states that I'm still the editor-in-chief of the magazine. Yeah, because you were until it folded. It, well, it, didn't, it didn't fold. No, it no, no. The, the, printed digital, the, the printed magazine folded. But nobody reads it in digital form. Come on. To be completely honest, nobody reads anything. I'm not saying that. As a no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's just a fact of life. It's true. Well, so just well. just continue with the continue with the, the thing because I'm, I'm I'm trying to look for one single thing because I want to talk about a single topic. Uh, of the magazines of the yesteryear, but okay. let's continue, please. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on that route as well, and you can you feel free to join in. For me, Byte, English version, and then actually we had for a couple of years the Croatian version as well, was by far the most uh, influential magazine in my life. Okay. There are a couple of reasons for that. The first reason... Um, the Engl- the of the international version, so the English version, that I only read a couple of issues of when I was younger. Not I'm not talking about now. Now I have all of them. Okay. Uh, but back then I only read a couple of issues, and I was staggered at the amount of information there. But I didn't really understand that because it was, as you said, way over our heads. We couldn't comprehend that. But it also showed me. Uh, maybe even on a subconscious level, something that's going to be my future career, although I didn't know it at the time. And also it sh- did uh, quite a bit, it did quite a number on the way in which I perceived the magazines should be, which came in very handily many years later when I started working in one of them. But for me, actually, the, uh, the uh, even more formative experience was way later in the Let's say it's the start of the 90s, if I remember correctly. That's when the uh, Byte Croatian version was uh, was on the market. Yes, yes. Something it was in 1992, nine, I think. 1901, 92, something like that, yes. That I read religiously. Every single issue, I, you know, I scalped m- money from my allowance and whatnot to buy every single one of those. 
and I'm still looking for copies of those because I would like to have them because they're very difficult to get. There are some in the libraries in our uh, city libraries, actually, but I would have to go there physically, copy them, blah, blah, blah. It's complicated. And you want copies of the Bad Magazine from the... Uh, Croatian, yes. Book, okay. Yeah, our colleague uh, uh, said that he's going to bring some, but he hasn't so far, so... Let's I know I know who has all of them, so I'm yeah, I'm, I'm willing to buy them. Okay, you know. okay, fine. But Actually, uh, anyways, okay. So for me, the formative experience of reading Croatian uh, Byte was related to a couple of columns. Actually, it's not necessarily the whole magazine, although I quickly started reading it cover to cover religiously. You know, with uh, I was very young back then. It was my starting to drink coffee years in the beginning of the nineties, high school years. But I did start to read that religiously from cover to cover, basically from, I don't know, issue three or four when they, when uh, it came to our market. For me, the formative experience, and I mentioned this in one of the uh, one of the episodes, was related to music, and uh, uh, the, one of the last columns was written by uh, a music legend, uh, a producer called Jelko Yanda. It was about MIDI, and at that particular time, I was kind of starting to get into the digital music in terms of not listening to it. I was listening to it for years already. It was more about uh, creating it as a part of a band and production and whatnot. So it was a time when I kind of like, uh, uh, it's going to sound way deeper than it is, kind of met the first synthesizer that I had played in the studio, a couple of them actually, it, which was hugely consequential for my life later. Nowadays, I have dozens of them or more. But for me, it was about the way in which those articles were written, which was, I think that they, th those articles would still stand the test of time today. They, okay? they, they are. They are standing the test of time today. Because if you take, uh, even if out of, con out of context, uh, if you take articles published in the 80s, uh, this is the 90s, certain... but still. It's... Okay, but if you take the, even the articles from the 80s, uh, if you take them for the, what they stand for, for example, 6502 assembly programming, Z80 assembly programming, so the things that were uh, topical on the, uh, in that particular decade, uh, they make sense. You can still use them today. Okay, you are going to switch to emulators, you're going to switch to technology that, that not, it, it didn't only not exist then, it wasn't feasible then, mm -hmm. and now it's completely different, but uh, they are just created in a so professional way that people were able to do uh, articles that, I wouldn't call them timeless, but they I represent... Okay, let's 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 not go into uh, this is the best thing that uh, is going to happen next uh, one thousand years. But they are written so professionally that they can be still be used as guides. They are not aging. They are just uh, representing. Well, that's the because technology. of the quality. Yes, of, of them. And I wanted since we uh, said that we are not going to talk about our own uh, experiences, and then you started it. I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, my own experience and say this one. Uh, when I was much, much, much younger, so let's say, let's call it 10, 11, 12 years old, mm -hmm. uh, I, I saw the bite. The bite was way over my head. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw a uh, set computer and Racionari uh, and all the local, the locals, lo local, yeah, local, yeah. locals. And the first thing that was interesting to me is uh, were the pages that were dedicated to, uh, to games. Because Already then? Yes, because okay. I, had a, I had a ZX Spectrum. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the 82, 83, 84, 
when I was reading those, uh, those were the not only the source of information about how things were working, but also the source of information for uh, different uh, programs that you could get either on the tape or more probably written down in the magazine. So you needed to um, uh, copy it by typing it in mm -hmm. on a spectrum and then you, you got a limited uh, game, whatever. But this was one of those things. And the other thing that was, I would say adjacent to it, I was uh, reading uh, the entirety of Samsung Meister. Mm -hmm. Because I was interested in tinkering. Your own master. So, uh, uh, Sons Meister was something that was, uh, there was a magazine that was dedicated to Bob the Builder uh, kind DIY. Of thing. DIY. DIY, yeah. So, it was a DIY magazine. DIY magazine is almost direct um, uh, direct translation to creation. So, Sons Meister basically means uh, you are doing your own work. So, DIY. Mm -hmm. uh, and what amazed me is that uh, it was much closer to me because I couldn't understand how things were doing. I don't know how to create a table out of wood, but uh, it explained to me how uh, things are working and how things are made. And this is something that I couldn't get from any other source. And then when I switched over to the, uh, to the computer magazines, this was the same thing, but much closer to me because I didn't do uh woodworking but i could uh, uh copy paste programs from the from the magazine so i was able to do the stuff that the magazine was uh, telling me to how to do it and i was able to do something that was interesting to me two things yes first you misunderstood me when i said we are not going to talk about our history i was specifically referring to our uh, history of working in a magazine Oh, okay. this this wasn't easy. This, this so one is I easy. I when I started working in the magazine, I stopped uh, reading, reading, reading yeah. magazines. So, yes. So, I just don't want to go into that. Uh, but yes, our history of reading magazines, yes, absolutely. Yes. So that's the first thing. But there is a second one that I wanted want to kind of like kick you with. You mentioned woodworking. Yes. Do you think that this had a little bit more of a formative experience on you? Because I know for a fact that both of us spent a lot of time in the past couple of years watching YouTube channels with that sort of stuff. Is this something that comes natural to you just as it does with me? Because I read the same magazine when I was young as well. I think that it, comes... You think it's related to that? I think this is the natural thing that comes with everybody who's interested in engineering. Uh, because okay. more or less they're going to find a hobby that is going to enable them to do uh, whatever is the opposite of what they're doing every day. So... If you are uh, in a stressful, you, if you're in a stressful uh, um, uh, business, you're probably going to take on fishing or golfing or whatever. If you are doing programming, you're going to take, uh, try to do something with your hands. So either woodworking, metalwork, uh, I don't know, any kind of, uh, any kind of, I, would, I wouldn't call it art, but any kind of craft that uh, enables you to do something with your hands. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly because I'm completely uh without any sense of uh being able to create something that looks good so Me too. I, so i like to create things that are written down i like to uh, do, engineering, do stuff. The engineering stuff that i'm able to reproduce based on the diagrams so woodworking is a logical thing mm -hmm. because if you want to do if you want to create a table you don't need to be creative you just need to understand how to read the diagram and then how to uh, reproduce what's inside the diagram so this is the next logical step when you want to step away from the computer mm -hmm. and do something okay so i think that uh, a lot of people and i know a lot of people want to do either uh, masonry uh, uh, having their own garden planting things uh, doing I, I i know a guy who is right now uh, growing tomatoes mm -hmm. Uh, in numbers that are completely 
insane Bonkers. to me. Yes, he has something like 400 different types of uh, tomatoes uh, in seeds. Mm -hmm. So he's doing this because he's an IT guy and he he wants to do something. So he has the whole uh, balcony full of the small tomatoes that he's uh, then replanting to another, mm -hmm. another place. Mm -hmm. But okay, so people are doing something. And I think that uh, what formed us was the first, the idea of having an article that is not uh, talking about the war, the politics, whatever, mm -hmm. but it is instead a set of instructions that enable you to understand something and then try to do it. Deeper meaning of that, actually. Yes. The the, the, uh, the, the article that was about something that was impossible to achieve for us. Okay, possible or impossible, but... No, the, uh, you cannot uh, overstate how important that is for human development. But I think that the most the most important thing is that uh, when you compare uh, computer magazines, DIY magazines and so on, to any other type of magazine, mm -hmm. uh, you are going to, uh, there is a complete difference in tone. Uh, magazines that are trying to make, um, I don't know, columns, uh, statements, whatever, so political statements about war and whatever, or political statements about whatever, uh, uh, between uh, whatever states, they are uh, uh, trying to get across an opinion. When you read a magazine that is designed, uh, mm -hmm. talking about computers, they are talking about actual facts. facts. Yeah. Okay. So they're b better or worse at describing some set of facts and they're trying to uh, get across some technology, but they're useful because you learn something new. And this is usually or should be completely uh, stripped of uh, any political or any emotional uh, em i wouldn't call it emotion but it is usually if if the if the article is good it has emotions but towards the technology yes correct not uh, not towards uh, anything so first they are positive mm -hmm. and the article there uh, there is an extremely small number of articles that are going to be uh, uh, dismissive about the technology mm -hmm. especially in the older uh, magazines correct today on the internet everybody, everybody has an opinion also, everybody has its own backside, so this is one of those things that I don't care about. Mike Tyson uh, said it well. Yes, I'm not going to quote him on that. <laughs> but uh, as I said, uh, I think that what uh, drives me to read articles about technologies is that if an article is uh, written well, it is going to be positive, it is going to be descriptive, it is going to yeah. uh, informative, it is going to be uh, something that's going to be able uh, that I'm going to be able to parse and then understand the overview of the technology that I'm, that I'm dealing with. Okay, so with that being said, that's a good description. Going back to Byte. Um, I remember reading some of those articles when I was much, much younger. Definitely all of them going over my head. But then a couple of years ago, I kind of like went back to the journey of starting to read it. And I think I mentioned this in one of the episodes. I was bonkers. I went completely insane. I wanted to kind of like scrap my whole IT journalist career which I considered to be quite okay. Actually, I read, I wrote articles that were quite good and all of that, but they were nowhere near the, the level of what Byte used to do in the 70s. Basically, uh, for, for all of you who are interested in uh, the, this, these topics, I would strongly encourage you to go to archive.org and search for Byte magazine because there are old uh, releases of uh, old issues of Byte there. Open the first edition of Byte, and after you go to the first 20-ish pages or so, which are the introduction, why Byte exists, something, intro, article, this and that, editorial. The next two articles are already 
like a, a one to knockout punch directly to to your face if you are into IT and if you are into writing about IT specifically because the first two articles there are about recycled used uh, integrated circuits and then the next one which is my favorite almost first article in the magazine of all time is about the serial ports and the using of uh, serial ports in what used to be a computer of the era with all of the let's say standards and technologies and baud rates and the explanation about encoding and uh, uh, the technology and then oh, you also had the integrated circuit design which you could easily do with your you know thingy and it also had the assembly and whatnot code to make a driver for it and whatnot and this is like this goes on and on and on for the next 15 pages and two years ago when i went to summer vacation as as you know but very important experience for me actually when i uh, went through that article i closed it down and i wanted to kind of like punch myself in the face because the level of that, which used to be basically a mainstream IT magazine, which is what it was, was insane. And it stayed that all the way to the end. Okay, but uh, okay, Byte is an outlier for two things. First, it was one of the, I was checking the numbers, it was one of the most, uh, it was one of the biggest magazines back then. Yes. They uh, seized circulation uh, uh, printed media uh, relatively quickly. They ceased publication in 1998. Correct. So uh, way before all of them, uh, all the rest of the guys. They had and loads of international editions all the, over the world. The other thing is that uh, we need to remember that uh, media between different countries is different. When we were mm. doing media here in Croatia, uh, most of the circulation was sold on the uh, on the basically on the kiosks. So uh, you bought most of your magazines directly. Mm -hmm. uh, Byte, PC Magazine, and all the magazines in the United States were first catering to their subscribers. So they had a huge subscriber base. Yes. And the amount of money that they got from the subscribers was enormous. I read that also. Actually. Also, they had the enormous amounts of ads. Uh, yeah. Byte, Byte had an uh, issue that was more than 1,000 pages long. Mm -hmm. uh, PC Magazine I checked had an uh, issue that was 800 pages long. And then they switched to uh, bi-weekly uh, magazine because they could uh, then fit uh, half a thousand, so 500 pages each two weeks. And most of that was advertising. And in Croatia, you couldn't do this for two reasons. First, you smaller did... Smaller market, much smaller. Uh, much smaller market, this is one thing. And the other thing is that we were... Uh, limited by law on how many uh, advertisers we could put in the in the magazine. There is still some. Of that. Yes, yes. Uh, you need you uh, you need to have you need to have more than uh, you need to have less than thirty percent of the magazine uh, in the advertisers. Uh, and, uh, if you want to have more, you need to uh, create more pages of the content. So uh, this was a, entirely different. And uh, it says here that the uh, in the, uh, 1983, the revenue of the Byte magazine was $36.6 million. Mm -hmm. Back then. Back, back like then. Probably like $200 million today. So we, we, can, we can check uh, how much it is. It is. But uh, uh, the point, my, my point, the point I'm trying to make is that when you have this amount of money, you can do a lot of planning. This is the first thing. And then you can invest in people and knowledge. And then... Uh, suddenly, but that's not how they started. 
They started with people who already had enormous amount of knowledge. Okay, but uh, when you when you come to a point when you have enough money, you can uh, uh, pay the best of the best to write the articles for you, or to do the proofreading for the articles for you. Sorry to say that out loud, but that's the way in which it should be. the The only way, the only way when you can have, uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to have uh, quality content. You need to have peer-reviewed content, mm -hmm. and this peer review comes from uh, professors that are in the major universities, uh, people who are in the field, working in the field, mm -hmm. and they're not cheap. You cannot uh, right now. It's normal, not only here but also in the states or in the whatever market there is. It's normal for a single uh, journalist to cover I don't know uh, tens of different uh, types of markets to create I don't know. Uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, characters per month mm -hmm. and none of this none of this is reviewed mm -hmm. so they're doing it uh, mostly just to fill in the space and this drives the quality of the content way 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 down mm -hmm. if you are unable to create uh, I don't know a custom survey mm -hmm. if you are unable to afford uh, by, uh, paying somebody who is a professional in their field to uh, fact check your uh, survey results, you are going to create something that is going to be, uh, I wouldn't call it bad, but it is going to be not as good as it could be, not as good as it could be, or it, it is going to be uh, uh, worse than that. Mm -hmm. It is going to be uh, average, uh, if at best, because you cannot be a master of all the trades. Yeah, Jack of None. Yes. I actually, when I started reading those old uh, issues of Byte, I also uh, read more than a few let's say, uh, articles, some books as well about some of the people who were there at the beginning, like uh, Jerry Purnell, etc. He has a chaos ma ma manner site still up and running. He passed away, sadly, some years ago. But some, some of the things that those guys used to do were crazy. And there are some, uh, actually, there are some history data in the first edition of the magazine as well, in the introductionary article. But that actually kind of, I think, subconsciously stayed with me all the way through my youth, all the way to, to uh, uh, through my college and to my first employment, which was in a computer, basically my second employment, but never mind, in the computer magazine. Although I used to, uh, as I said, I used to write for your magazine when I was still in college for the Linux column, but I didn't know back then if I could make something out of that, which was strange enough. Uh, I was lucky in a sense there. Then uh, after Byte, some of the biggest magazines uh, in the world included PC Magazine, founded in 1982. Actually, uh, they also have, uh, they live in Google Books. You, you have loads of the, the, the archive all the way to early 2000s, uh, 2000s, I think, on Google Books, and you can read all about that. There was Computer Shopper, PC World, you know, the, some, some of them are actually still here, but um, I know Computer Shopper closed shop, I think, in 2020 in the in a funny way said that but it is what it is pc world 1983 mac world 1984 wired magazine 1993 actually that was way later yes than every, everything else but what kind of like jump-started my uh, uh, internal review of what happened with the computer magazines and kind of my uh, kind of like uh, jump-started my my wish to do an episode about this was something that I read a couple of days ago in uh, in one of the articles, which kind of mentioned the fact that uh, Maximum PC and MacLife, some uh, two 
what used to be very popular magazines also uh, went digital and basically in the us i would have to go and find if there are any it magazines that are in printed media probably there are some smaller ones but most of them are either already dead in print not necessarily altogether or on the way to being you know completely phased out but the the uh, motivation for this episode was the information that the la- last two of the magazines that were that yeah, had the nation that, that had the national uh, national uh, circulation went digital yeah digitally i was checking on the numbers uh right now uh so let's first talk about 36 million dollars that we're talking about but the white magazine 1983 mm-hmm. this is equivalent to 109 million dollars today in revenue in a single year so i was i was just double wrong yes so 109 so 110 million dollars per plus or minus tech crunch that is right now uh, considered biggest it portal in the in the market has the estimated revenue of 22.5 million dollars per year mm-hmm. so they have five times less revenue mm-hmm. uh in the market it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and this way is, less costs yes and this is one of the biggest problems with the with the it magazines and everything else because they cannot afford uh quality content they are trying to but they cannot afford it because they don't have the enough money to be uh, able to uh, when you want to quality content in whatever field you are uh, in you need to be able to pay people and you need to pay people uh, on top of people who are going to check on those people no no but you also need to pay Review. people to create a, 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 a content that is going to be based on quality not quantity you don't want to be in a situation where you need to pay for a, a person to create certain amount of uh, characters per month you want to say okay vedran can you create a, a article uh, for me on whatever Other topic the, 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 some topic let's call it i don't know difference between the architectures in the uh, on the market uh, uh, cpu architectures in the market and then i need to give you enough time and enough space so you can do your job so contact people contact uh, manufacturers read books yeah. go to libraries uh, acquire scientific images papers. scientific papers and so on and it is going to take time uh i can probably uh whip up uh, an article uh, on different architectures in an in a afternoon or i can take a month and then create an in-depth article that is going to be amazing but the difference is going to be the cost mm-hmm because you're going to be able to create only this article and right now journalists need to create an article each day or a couple multiple of articles, articles yeah that's what journalists do generally speaking and this is this is the only uh, explanation the um uh, ad market is not uh, not there anymore because mm-hmm. the uh, digital marketing is way 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 less expensive than it was uh, when you needed to uh, pay for the uh, for the magazine uh, marketing uh the number of different companies that they even need uh national exposure so they, they require national advertising is small mm-hmm. uh you cannot get a lot of money uh, out of uh largest companies because they don't care mm-hmm. so suddenly your uh, entire ad um uh, ad space or uh your the number of your advertisers is shrinking mm-hmm. While at the same time, then the amount of money that you can get out of them, based on the place that you can sell them, is even shrinking even more. So you cannot expect that you're going to uh, make uh, make more, 
And the other thing that uh, pace is the or organic or whatever you call it, uh, clicks through. So you need to create clickbaity uh, titles, titles mm -hmm. because you need uh, eyeballs to be on your portal. And this annoys people. Mm -hmm. So suddenly you have a, a content that you cannot pay for. It needs to be titled in such a way that nobody wants to read it. And you are uh, still lacking money to pay for a better, a better quality uh, material. So this is not going to end well. If I can just like shortly go on a semi-tangent there. I had this very discussion with the owner of the company uh, that I used to work for, Computer Magazine, when I, when I was leaving. Okay. Uh, it was related to some internal struggles, but it was also related to the fact that I openly stated that we should uh, start putting much more effort into web. Yes. This was in 2004. Yes. Okay. So I, I definitely saw the writing on the wall. It, it was clear as day that the web is the future. And then various aspects of web are go what's going to continue the idea of computer magazines alive. Uh, it used to be uh, sites like TechCrunch. Nowadays, it's YouTube, and it can be something else as well. Who knows what's going to be in, in uh, what's going to happen in the future? But for for what it's worth, the the, the switch to digital is something that you, you you kind of mentioned. It happened quickly in in Europe. It happened quickly altogether. I'm not I'm not just pointing out the ge geographies. When you think about how long of a run the printed media had from 1954 when the first kind of IT magazine came out all the way to let's say 2023 when the last one shut down we're talking about 80 years okay and in the in that time span of 80 years since 2000 and pick your number you know 5 6 7 8 9 10 doesn't really matter in the past 15 years or so everything went went digital okay so the the switch happened quite quickly and you needed to be hence some of the mistakes that i saw people make and that's why i started my own website you wanted to be at the forefront of that not at the back end of that in a sense you wanted to ride the wave otherwise what's the business there so i think that yes you're completely correct in the sense of how all of that happened but there is one other thing that needs to be heavily kind of like highlighted as the reason why all of this happened. And that is the amount, you, you mentioned it kind of like in a, in, a, in a sense from production standpoint, you need a lot of time versus uh, uh, today uh, journalists need to write a lot of articles per day, blah, blah, blah. All of, that's, all of that tends to be true. So that's all cool. But there's actually an advantage of that as well, because when you're writing an article, you're doing a monthly production or two-week production. I can write that article that you said, uh, just mentioned earlier on some kind of website. I can do it in an afternoon, which means that I can at worst be 29 to 30 days ahead of you or at best at least one day ahead of you. And today, as we mentioned in the Twitter episode, it's all about being the fastest, you know, first, whatnot. I think that the only, the only, um, I had this discussion. The, I mean, the production time, the lead time. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the, 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 lead, the lead time role. is one of those things, but uh, it, there is a place for a printed mag media. Oh, I agree. Uh, and uh, I had this discussion in my uh, magazine's uh, editorial board uh, maybe 10 years ago or 12 years ago. Uh, 
where I was trying to explain that the only thing that the printed media uh, having a lead time of a month, mm-hmm. uh, the only the way that the print media can survive is by uh, providing providing not only quality but providing different kind of quality, mm-hmm. because uh, almost all of the print media that we are talking about right now in the eighties, nineties, and uh, early two thousands uh, were providing the same amount of information or the same information that we get from the internet right now. So, uh, comparison of whatever uh, CPU was out there, whatever motherboard was out there, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever part of the hardware was out there, so uh, your favorite 8, 8-bit uh, computer or whatever. And I think that in order to survive digital, uh, uh, the analog media or the paper media I like can, either, can either uh, provide information that is highly relevant to the uh, consumer in a particular market. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't care if the PC X is faster than the PC Epsi- uh, Y, mm-hmm. but uh, I care if the PC X is available on my market, mm-hmm. where it is available, and how much money does it cost. And this is something that can only be done uh, by a local journalist that is actually paying attention and trying to provide uh, information based on the normal market data. This is the first thing. Mm-hmm. So the comparison of the local information, and this is something that is, and un- you are usually unable to uh, create out of the uh, create out of the in- uh, internet information. Mm. And the other thing is opinions and uh, deep dives into technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't get a lot of those on the internet, so I'm. Uh, oh, you do, but they might be informed wrong. Yes, but for example, if I if I wanted to create a magazine right now, mm-hmm. what I would do, I would call it probably something boring like standards, and then I would create I would create a magazine. For that love of Christ, why? Because I'm just I'm just playing with the playing with the most boring name uh, ever, mm-hmm. but then I would create a. Compendium of all the standards for I don't know video production, and then create all the pinouts, all the standards, descriptions, uh, encodings, and so on. And if you put it on paper in uh, such a way that it can be referenced, I think it would sell. It would make yeah, sense. It would, it would have value. Yes. Yeah, so because I want to create another type of value, because sometimes you just need something on paper. Mm-hmm. But trying to reproduce digital media on paper is stupid. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's, it's, it's it, crazy you, you, idea. Yes, it's, it's it's an idea. The only thing that you can do it is by uh, pushing out the newsletter every day. There are still websites out there, you know, crunching out uh, and doing a lot of articles, very long ones, etc. Most people don't read all of that, but. Yes, but uh, okay. The, the other thing is that uh, the attention span of uh, average user is uh, way shorter. Way, way, way shorter. I mean, Byte did, for example, uh, a whole magazine issue about computer ma- music systems in 1978. Ro- robot simulation in 1978. And don't get me started on artificial intelligence and stuff like that. Artificial intelligence, 1979. Actually, we had this discussion with our students in one of our courses because uh, a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot of them are not necessarily informed well which is okay that's why they're here we are here to teach them they don't understand that uh, artificial intelligence machine learning are concepts of the 50s you know it's not something that just suddenly appeared out of thin air it's not a new concept by any stretch of the imagination um, but my 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 problem with all of that is actually 
I understand the attention span thing. I agree with you. You're completely on point there. I think that the the, the if if the printed mag- magazines of the quality of bite of that era of whatever doesn't really matter what what the name of the magazine is, if they were to come back and offer the value that you just mentioned, I I still think that they would sell. Yes, they would sell, but. Um... Not in the numbers of the yesteryear. But I still. think that one of the things that happened is that people stopped caring about buying uh, quality content. Uh, I mean, the younger generation doesn't necessarily read the papers or whatever. Yes, but we are a generation who grew up on comic books and whatnot. Maybe they are not. So maybe uh, yes, the idea of printed is different. No, it's them. not just the idea of printed. The idea of uh, paying a certain amount of money every day to get uh, informed. Uh if I uh, if I told you, okay, let's say uh, uh, creation uh, general uh, newspapers are right now something like euro and a half, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, if you want to buy the entire uh, month of uh, papers, it's forty five euros. I don't think you can make an average person buy, buy the entire uh, month of uh, newspapers for forty five euros because forty five euros is uh, too, much cu- too, too much money. Too much money. It used to be that expensive back way then. But people were used to it. Right now, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So even if you created a magazine that is only five euros per month, I don't think that people even have the uh, okay uh, the, the, the perception that they want to go to the kiosk and buy uh, the magazine mm-hmm. or that they need to subscribe. Because people are not subscribing to the magazines that are providing quality content. Mm-hmm. You have in the States, in every in every country in the world, you have a uh, portal that is providing more or less quality content on the local news. Mm-hmm. And they are struggling because they don't have the subscriber base. Mm-hmm. The subscribing, subscriber base was much, much, much bigger uh, uh, back way then. And the biggest thing for me uh, that is strange is that this happened mostly to the IT and the uh, technology portals. Exactly. Uh, for example, I just looked up, uh, there is a log cabin magazine uh, still uh, having print in the United States. The Grand Designs. Okay. TV and show, which it has been a printed magazine for decades. Yes. Yeah, so basically, the higher the technology that the magazine is talking about, it is more likely that uh, it has gone out of business. Yeah. That, that's reasonable. But, okay. It's logical. Yes, but it it just doesn't make sense when you think about it. No, I understand. But still, from a uh, standpoint of uh, people of today, they just don't have the, the the habit of consuming such content. And we don't have the habit of using it. I was just thinking about uh, one thing that completely went out of, not only went out of business, but went out of use. And it's still one of the most amazing and useful things that there, there is. Do you remember those engineering handbooks, uh, reference books yes. uh, that were printed on extremely thin paper mm-hmm. uh, and had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages? Mm-hmm. There is almost no equivalent of this on the internet. Yes. And still, people don't buy them, but they are amazingly useful tools. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of those because I like them. I have a couple of those at home. And uh, people think that I'm uh, completely strange for this. But if you have the, uh, one of those books, when you need to reference something that is remotely connected to engineering, it is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And this was done at the great expense. 
mm-hmm. because you needed hundreds and hundreds of um, associates to be able to double check the mathematics, the engineering, the formulas and everything else. But it's an amazing tool that nobody uses, but it is still useful. Mm-hmm. So it has become forgotten, but it still exists. And so it's a calculator. But you can the, you have the calculator in the Google. Mm-hmm. But you cannot have a simple reference that you can believe in on uh, any, anywhere on the internet. Hmm. Scientific papers, encyclopedias. They are also something that's because Wikipedia, Wikipedia is not an encyclopedia. It's not. I mean, and it's different to talk about Microsoft and Carta from back in the day and Wikipedia. Sorry, it's a different thing to discuss. Or Britannica or something like that. It's it's not even on the same plane of existence. Yes, I was just I was just uh, browsing through uh, I was cleaning my out my uh, uh, my library at home and I ran into Larousse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is amazing how uh, condensed and how good the content inside uh, Larousse is. So it's basically Britannica uh, from the French, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the, from the French-speaking uh, people. Mm-hmm. You have smaller Rus and uh, petit Rus or uh, the normal Rus, and it's an amazing reference book, and it doesn't even compare to what Wikipedia has. Mm-hmm. It compares to th- okay, Wikipedia is much better in, in things that are uh, newer, uh, that are happening quickly, and so on. But when it comes to topics that are um, based on the p- history, uh, languages, uh, different things that happened way before, Wikipedia doesn't even compete. It, it is not in the, yeah. in, in the same uh, galaxy. In the same galaxy. Yeah. So we need more verified content. We need more verified uh, information. And I'd, this, I'd say that that's a, a general thing, not only in IT. Yes. Uh, verified content is expensive. And when you don't have the uh, business plan that enables you to buy uh, quality content, you end up with losing part of the history because mm-hmm. IT magazines were part of the history. Mm-hmm. They were they were part of the uh, forming um, things that formed a whole generation. It's still formative for everything that's happening today. So yes, it's much more than that, but still, yeah. I think that one of the things that, uh, let's, let's now talk about the content. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that whatever do you think about uh, I don't know uh, PC chip VD uh, Byte magazine PC magazine whatever our local magazines. our local local, local magazines uh, however you look you look at it even if you were a, I don't know a hardcore gamer mm-hmm. when you bought uh, Byte magazine you got your gaming uh, section kick, yeah. section you got your kicks uh, your gaming kicks but. Since you got the paper and it was in your hands, you were reading a lot about other topics. So you got informed about topics that you wouldn't normally care about. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes something caught your eye and you were le- reading uh, reading in depth in, uh, about it. And then you got the idea of how to use this. So you became much more knowledgeable in the entire IT. Mm-hmm. Right now, when you go to a, to, uh, to a gaming website... You're going to be just uh, bombarded with information that is going to be strictly gaming without anything outside of the gaming. Yeah, specialization. So, so you're going to be specializing, but also you're going to be missing on a lot of information that is extremely useful to you. Agreed. And I think that this is one of the things that we lost with the, with the IT media. Absolutely agreed. Okay. Actually, recently, uh, a couple of uh, 
I think it was something like a month and a half ago, two months ago, I was uh, watching this episode of Retro Recipes, very popular YouTube channel that's growing like crazy. And the the guy who's uh, the owner of the, of the channel, who also happens to be a voice actor, very fam famous in Hollywood, uh, became the editor of the Zap 64 magazine for the next couple of uh, years. Okay. Zap 64. Yes. You know what it yeah, is? Yes, yes, I know. So basically that's a, it, I think it's completely virtual magazine, uh, bi-monthly or something like that. But we're talking about the Commodore 64 magazine and Commodore 64's, I mean, they're relics of the past from the perspective of today. I'm not dissing on them. I love C64. I have it at home. But I think but that you, you, you didn't follow the market because both uh, ZX Spectrum and uh, 60, uh, uh, C64 have thriving forums. Yeah. They have reached the, I think they have reached the point where the user, user base is not dropping anymore. Because people who are uh, C64 zealots are going to become, uh, uh, remain C64 zealots. So there is yeah, a couple. About of, our age. Yes, th there is a couple of uh, thousands of users that are still using it. They're creating uh, games for it. They're creating. Th there was a. I, I, I know I checked that there was a couple of releases for the uh, ZX Spectrum uh, in the games in the last year. Yeah. And they're releasing games, they're releasing demos, they're playing with the technology. And I think it's wonderful. Yeah, agreed. But this is something that isn't paying any bills. This is the yeah, problem. This is, yeah, I know. This is voluntary work for the most part. Some of these magazines are still commercial, but it's not like they're making millions. Or I think that being commercial in this uh, space means that you are just a making ends meet. This is not commercial by any stretch of imagination. Well, you might, a lot of the people who are into the, these things uh, consider what they're doing to be kind of like public service. Yes, but if you want to be commercial, it uh, pays much better to just paint other people's nails and... Uh, Trim their hair. nails as yes, well, etc. Yes, yeah, yes. Or, or, so so, yeah. so manicure pays much better than uh, trying to create a Commodore 64 magazine or any or magazine. Or a book. Or a book, As yes. we learned. Yes, but uh, I don't think that... Anything that we did or anything that is happening is wrong. I was just kidding, of course. No, okay, okay, but uh, I don't think that every any, anything that is happening in, in this kind is wrong. I think that the problem is that we lost the concentrate the ability to con concentrate on a certain topic. Everybody is okay. trying to read about everything, and then we became all became master of nuns. So we went from reading the art of computer programming to consuming TikToks. That's your metaphor. Yes. What I was agree. the last? What was the last comic book that you read? I read Alan Ford comic books constantly. Okay, but okay, but it's a it's a topical comic book that has its own story arc, characters, uh, style, art, and so on. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I know today, uh, kids don't have any comic books that they have read any, uh, yeah, at, at any point in their, in, in their uh, past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I they, they can talk about what whatever, whatever it is. Uh, Marvel. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to call it Smurf Patrol, whatever. So uh, <laughs> the Paw po Patrol Smurfs, whatever. But uh, they know the characters, but that's just it. They're just comic, uh, not comic books, but uh, uh, just uh, s small episodes of whatever, whatever it is. So animated series, mm -hmm. uh, and that's it. They are not into reading. They're not into um, when you open. Um, I don't know Alan Ford. Alan Ford is specific to this uh, this part of the Europe. 
it's a very specific thing. It even excellent comic. Yes, but it has its own. Um, there is a scientific paper based on the, how specific Alan Ford was and yeah. why Alan Ford was specific in this part of the uh, part of the very religious. Following. Yes, but, yes, but okay, Martin Mysteria, um, um, Zagor, or all the other different uh, comic books that were in Asterix mm -hmm. uh, that were popular in this uh, this part of the uh, part of the Europe, uh, they have their own. Uh, world they have their own art and you can just open any part of, okay you can read the comic book as such mm -hmm. but you can also open it and then admire the art mm -hmm. and this is not something that you can do when you're watching a movie this is Agreed. completely different yeah i, I agree it's a, uh, something that's going to probably become lost art if everything you know continues happening in the way in which it has been happening because Comic books are still a big market. It's not like it's small, but I don't think that... I, I should check. I have no uh, information right now from the top of my head. Probably it's not as big as it used to be. I think that the most of the comic book market right now is just people uh, collecting comics and just uh, publishing comics just to be collected. So uh, limited editions that are going to be uh, extra uh, expensive just because they are a limited edition, because they have a small circulation, they're printed on extremely uh, expensive papers and so on and so on and so on. Okay, uh, so... Another thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing that I have seen when it comes to new media, uh, not IT involving, uh, is or was uh, the series of different uh, YouTube uh, videos that are also limited to being too long for the TikTok generation. Um, the best example that I know that I can think of right now is the one that is called Every, Fra uh, Every Frame a Painting. Do you know with the, the one? No. Uh, this, one is, it, this one is analyzing movies, but it is analyzing movies from the perspective of them being a uh, graphic art. Mm -hmm. So they are not trying to analyze movies by content. They're trying to analyze scenes, the way the colors so are no, used. No, not from the movie recap perspective, more from a technical perspective, in a sense. From or the artistic. art perspective, artistic. So yeah. how, okay. how, how, uh, how, how, did, uh, how no, how the director of photography uh, thought about it, what the different uh, colors, what do they mean? It's very uh, how interesting. The, so it's a thing that is interesting because it's, it is trying to concentrate on the art as such. It is not trying to uh, just uh, do the... Storytelling, citizen journalism uh, part that I mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, giving you a small synopsis and then saying this this movie is bad. Mm -hmm. They are they are trying to explain to you what was the idea of the movie, how much thought went into it, and they are usually talking about movies that are not uh, whatever Fast and Furious uh, twenty seven hundred, uh, whatever, because those movies are not even comic books. Mm -hmm. They are just something to be. Uh, consumed and then uh, left to rot uh, in the digital in the, in the digital era. So, IT magazines weren't too specific. They didn't have enough uh, money to create uh, content, and this killed them. And internet this... killed them. Money went in the other direction, killed them as but well. I think the internet but killed them. But also the fa Fast and Furious approach. When you, while you're on the topic of creating. Uh, a lot of content which wasn't on the market fast enough because of the you know the way in which production works also played a role because websites were always going to be faster i think that the main problem was the the, the ad money 
because the websites not only were faster, the websites were much, much, much less expensive than the uh, paper. And they were much more accessible. And the other thing is, is that for the same amount of money that you would pay for a single page in a printed Magazine. paper, you can you could create a carpet bombing com campaign on a website. Mm -hmm. So if you knew what website was, uh, which website was uh, the most interesting to people, you could just probably buy, I don't know, I would call it a, a week of constant bombardment with uh, ads in order to, uh, to get your visibility up for the same amount of money that you would pay for a single page in the printed paper. Which and, everybody just goes. Yes. So I, I had a talk in, it was 2010, I think. Um, uh, one of the people, since I was working in the magazine back then, he was working for a major distributor of uh, IT equipment. And mm -hmm. uh, he told me that the problem that he has is that he can choose between buying one single page in the paper, uh, having a uh, printing, ha having a print uh, uh, done for... I think it was 50,000 uh, flyers. Uh, flyers and then have them uh, distributed by students uh, all over the town or buying, uh, I think it was something like three or four days of entirety of a single IT uh, portal so that everybody who goes to the portal sees at least three or four of his uh, ads and didn't make any sense for him to buy a magazine uh, page. Okay. And the uh, ads in the magazines were the bread and butter that uh, pushed the magazines forward. Because circulation was never uh, good enough, at least on our, well, let's say, but our territory. But I think the, the, the circulation was never good enough on any territory. The subscriptions were, mm -hmm. if, you, if you were able to get the subscriptions. Yeah, and a lot of them. Okay, you mentioned the money, and actually this is one of the closing questions that I wanted to ask. Do you think that the marketing money that you just described for the new media now, which used to be in the printed media, is going to go away. Uh, <laughs> I think yes. I think yes, and I think that this is going to be one of those unexpected uh, turn of events that is going to happen because of AI. Uh, okay. Because AI by itself is remixing and uh, redoing and recompiling the information that it has on the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is one of the things that uh, I see right now when it comes to Google versus uh, Microsoft. Uh, Bing doesn't make uh, doesn't need uh, to provide any links to other outside pages. They want to keep a person uh, looking at Bing, so they are trying to keep the all the um, uh, users uh, stuck in, inside the Bing uh, landing page. Google has an inherent problem because they require people to go and to click and go to other pages because the ads are there. Mm -hmm. Nobody is paying for Google to just link to the page. They need people to click on the page. Mm -hmm. uh, when AI uh, is going to be able to not only go to the internet and uh, create a snapshot of the internet and then uh, redo it, uh, relearn it and whatever. So every Archive. couple of... Uh, squared. Uh, but the problem is the, the speed. Mm -hmm. Right now, AI is the same as the, the magazines were. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes it, uh, almost all the AIs uh, that we have today, it takes them a couple of weeks because before they are able to parse all the information that they got from the internet. Okay. Once the AI becomes fast enough to be able to parse the information real time, you, wouldn't be able, you won't be able to see the ads because you're going to ask the AI something, you're mm -hmm. going to believe it, it's going to become believable, and then you're not going to see the ads. And the only ads that you're going to see are going to be inside the AI. And 
for the same reason that people hate the ads on the pages, mm -hmm. uh, you are going to hate the ads inside the AI uh, generated pages, and this is going to happen. So suddenly you're going to have mediocre content created by AI, inter inter um, intertwined with uh, ads that are going to be mediocre, and we are going to become uh, we are going to come to a version of the internet that I'm going to extremely hate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what about the video-based approach of YouTube and whatnot? Do you think that's also going to go down in terms of ad revenue? Uh, there have been a lot of things happening in YouTube and Twitch and many others. They're trying to, you know, change the game in terms of the money division. In a uh, sense, as well. Reddit think... shot him, uh, shot themselves in the foot mm. by uh, basically uh, wiping out. wiping out the market for the. Uh, uh, for the other people who are trying to create uh, clients for the Reddit. Uh, Twitter is no more. They've lost so much money that they are barely making ends meet. And Twitter is, from a perspective of somebody who has been using Twitter for 15 years, uh, I'm not longer using Twitter every day. The reason is because... W for me. Mm, is because Twitter was relevant because it was providing you the information that was topical and relevant uh, mm -hmm. Uh, time relevant right now i can see tweets from people from two weeks ago mm -hmm. and i don't want another rss feed for of, of uh, old news mm -hmm. so this is one more one of the things but uh to answer your question um youtube has a problem nobody has that amount of uh, time to wait for the people who are right now turning uh, written news into uh, video uh, formats. And I think that as soon as the AI is going to be able to, uh, to go to transcriptions and then turn this back into a uh, readable format. Short abbreviated form. Short abbreviated form. I think that YouTube videos as they are, are, are going to go away. I'm, I'm either going to read about something because I'm, it's, uh, reading is still much faster than uh, uh, watching YouTube. Or I'm going to be going to watching YouTube videos on a specific topic from a specific author. And skip all the way through to find the information that you No, I'm, 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 for example, uh, let's call some like Tom Scott mm -hmm. or Veritasium or some other people on YouTube. They make amazing content that is nice to look at. And I want to uh, enjoy it the same way I enjoy, I don't know, Touch of Frost, uh, uh, it's just a, the, the TV series. Uh, it's just so slow moving that I like it because it makes me want to just watch it and, and chill. And chill. And if I want some information quickly, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to uh, watch uh, entient uh, version that was copy pasted from the internet and then recreated by a computer generated voice in an eight minute, eight minute video. Okay. If you say so, let's see what's going to happen there. And what about you? What do you think about YouTube? If they create an AI that is basically, I'm, I'm on your path, but a little bit in a different direction. If they create an AI that's able to consume the information and not write an article, but create a video out of that, that is going to first be a big hit and then it's going to completely devalue the idea of YouTube because it's going to be become widely available and we all know what happens when everything is widely available. It basically lo loses any significance whatsoever. 
in terms of if you're talking about IT related content, maybe some kind of virtual reality is the next step or maybe something like that. I really don't know. I really don't know what's the next step because from print to websites, articles, from articles to video, which is where we are now right now, what is the logical next step? Just the voice or virtual reality, augmented reality, Vision Pro, uh, simulation? I think, I think audio. I think what we are going to end up with, with is going to be a, a combined audio with uh, written articles because video is too slow. If you want to consume a lot of information, you're going to read it. If you're going to... But a lot of people remember video better. Okay, but if you want to, uh, if you want a lot of information, you're going to read it because you need diagrams, you need uh, some sort of uh, interactive materials that you want to uh, take a look at. And if you want to have uh, heavily condensed information, you're going to uh, listen to it mm -hmm. because you are going to... Uh, Stop wasting time while you're driving. To, By to, somebody who actually knows who, who, what he or she is talking about. And the, the one thing that I can I thought about right now, and I just realized this. Uh, do you realize that usually the only articles that you actually read are the longer ones done by uh, somebody who paid attention? Yeah. Always think, been like that. And I think that AI is going to enable you to find those articles quickly. That's excellent. So it's going to filter out all the clickbaity nonsense. And this is going to probably make some sort of money for people who are actually investing their time into into the articles. But I don't see that this uh, amount of money is going to be enough for them to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. What are What's then everybody going to do? We're going to slowly degrade until we find uh, wh where the bottom is. Where the bottom is, where the last third of, of it is. Yes, and then we, was, we are going to start digging. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, as usual, I'm not entirely uh, positive about what the uh, outcome is going to be. Especially when AI is concerned. AI is just uh, uh, turning into a tool. Okay. Um, for some things... For example, we, we were trying to do, create an exam today. I was, I was experimenting heavily with today with the AI and the creating exams. For some topics, it's enormously useful. Yeah, will help. Yes, but for some topics, it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Uh, I know. Tr trying to find... Uh, also, um, uh, while we are at it, uh, I was asking the same AI, the same question, uh, uh with the time difference of 10 seconds. Different answers. No, one answer was completely uh, negative. It says, I don't know anything about it. I cannot answer you. Then 10 seconds uh, later, it created the entire uh, page of answers over me. <laughs> so it is getting it is getting unreliable. Mm -hmm. And it, this is one more. Was. Uh, yes, but uh, no, it, it wasn't unreliable this way. It was uh, hallucinating mm -hmm. or lying. <laughs> now, now it's not even giving the answers. Mm -hmm. So you cannot trust it at all. Okay. Well, with that being said, uh, that's a wrap of on this episode of That IT Show Podcast. We'll see you next time uh, in the next episode. And until then, my name is Vedran. My name is Yasmin. And that's it. Bye. Thank you.